following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. Our readings this morning start in the Psalms, in Psalm 4. To the choir master with stringed instruments, a psalm of David. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. O men, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. From Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in this that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we dive into the sermon this morning, uh, take a second, if you're at home, uh, on your own, pull out a sheet of paper, a journal, whatever. Uh, If you're here, um, turn to each other. If you're at home with a family uh, or friends, turn to each other. And take a second, and I want you to share with that person or people the last time you felt the most peaceful. So the last time you felt the most peaceful. Go ahead, and I'll give you about three minutes to do that.
All right, let's start coming back together. Feel free. Uh, you know, this is kind of rain day here, so if, if you got something, you know, maybe even raise a hand, just say, well, I thought about something. And you know, But what, what were some peaceful places for you, some last time you felt peaceful? All right, stop shouting over each other. Maddie D., what was the last time you felt peaceful? Not right now. On vacation, getting to slow down and be away for a little bit. Anybody? Camp Lone Star. So, sisters back here were just at Lone Star. What'd you say, Becky? San Gabriel Park. Wesley? Burning your mouth. All right. Well, I mean, that's a good place to find some peace. Be like, this hurts, but I can find peace. Hey, you're just ahead of the ball game. You're ready to go. It was interesting this week. I asked a question on my Facebook. I just hopped on and thought, this is something that I bet a lot of people would respond to. I said, hey, help me out with sermon prep on Sunday. Even if you don't go to our church, what is peace to you? And I got 34 responses, some of you from here, from narrative. Um, some people I hadn't seen or talked to in years so I knew this is something that people are thinking about, they're talking about, they're, they're going through. Contentment was a big one, that people would say feeling that contentment, being okay with where you are, with what's going on, with how you're doing. Um, a lot of understanding and living in God's will, that was another place where people talked about. Um, Laura Pulliam quoted uh, C.S. Lewis, and she said, let me find it here because it was really good. Um, of course, it's going to disappear now. It was a good quote. I think it was, in your will is my peace. Um, and so, so you have a lot of uh, different levels and understandings. Yeah, in your will is my peace, was C.S. Lewis. Um, also talking about peace is a shared thing, that it's not just about my peace, it's about our peace. How do we find peace together? And as I was looking ahead, we had a completely different series planned um, for kind of the four weeks that bridge us from the end of the school year into the summer. But as I was looking at it, I thought, you know, the one, one thing I think we need right now as we look at the world, as we look what's going on, is just how do we find peace? How do we live in peace? And just looking at the differing responses, even as we look at peace, figuring out what that is, because peace is one of those things that I think you don't know what it is until you're in it, right? That we can, we can try and say as many words as we can, but there are so many times that we pray or we read in scriptures about a peace that passes understanding. In fact, one of the old blessings uh, in the Lutheran churches, and may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus from now until life everlasting. And so this idea of saying, in Christ Jesus, may your heart and your mind. And so we, we see at this point that peace is not just a knowledge base. It's not just a heart thing. It's both of those things. And I would also say it ends up walking into our physical world. 
Because I would say, while we might struggle to identify what is being at peace, we all know what is not being at peace, right? Have you ever been in that place, you personally, where you feel uneasy? Where you feel without peace? I know for me now, I, like, as I get older, I can quickly identify when I start feeling not at peace. I had a, um, a therapy appointment this week, I have a great counselor, a guy up in Nebraska, so we do it over Zoom because that's how we all live life now anyways, right? And so I was talking with him about looking at the past year and looking back, there have been moments that have stolen my peace. So about March 16th of last year, when we got the call that was like, hey, the schools are shutting down. And that's all we knew. There was about an entire weekend of zero peace, which then folded into about a month and a half of no peace because first we called Wrench and they said, yeah, we'd love for you guys to meet here. Feel free. And about a month into that, we realized, okay, this big spike in COVID, we're just going to go online. And Matt and I are trying to learn this whole process as best we can, and we're doing a pre-recorded service. So we're recording it throughout the week, we're editing it, we're putting it together, and just no peace. And I'm just looking, going, Lord, what's going on here? Where are we going? And then kind of when you hit rhythm in that, well, you just wait about eight months, and all of a sudden, you know, it's February in Texas, and everything shuts down because it's negative 800 outside. And I'll tell you, there were huge points in that week, no peace, just none. I remember as we were making the decision to decide, are we going to stay at our house? Are we going to go to Chelsea's parents? Because they have, you know, heat and electricity. But it was like well within as everything had iced over. So we're trying to make that decision. We finally make that decision and we go, okay, the best thing is to turn the water off in the front yard. And so, okay, that's all under, you know, a foot of snow? Like, what the heck? Listen, I mow around these water, you know, the, the spots you get into, those cases where your water is located, once a week, every year, through the summer, as we have lived in this house. And for the life of me, I couldn't remember where they were. But then I was like, oh, my neighbor cleared it out. That's great. Because mine's over here. I think his is on the other side. So I go out there. I have a local plumber in the neighborhood, he walks me through how to do it, and it was just like, you know, did not want to turn. And I didn't have the right tool. They make tools to do this, and it's just, my father-in-law had one for afterwards when I turned it back on. I was like, this is so much easier. So I am just, you know, trying not to get in the snow because I don't have snow pants. I just got my jeans on and my boots, and so I'm straddling, you know, this just turning a vice grip, trying to get it to work, screaming at it because I'm a vocal person, so screaming at it, that loosens it. It's science. And so finally get the water turned off, go inside, turn on the water, sit down, you know, catch my breath a little bit, set a timer, and I'm like, if this water has not stopped after five minutes, and sure enough, I turn off my neighbor's water. <laughs> so now I'm trying to figure out, well, where's mine? Now, luckily, my neighbor wanted his water turned off, so that was a win. But, you know, I'm trying to find it, trying to find it. I'm like calling friends out of town going, I have enough to get in touch with you. 
Can you get on Google Maps and try and see if you see where these are for me? Because I have walked up and down the yard trying to find it. And luckily, Chelsea pulled up a picture we had of our front yard, and she goes, yeah, they're on the other side of the yard. Of course they are. I mow around them every year, but just gone. Why? Because my peace was gone. Because all I could think about was that if I don't do this right, and then I set up the dominoes. If I don't turn off the water right, we're going to be at my in-laws and a pipe is going to burst. And if that pipe bursts, it's going to wreak havoc in the house. And heck, if that pipe bursts, you know, it's so cold, it's just going to freeze the foundation, the structure of my house. We're going to come back to the house, there's going to be a pile of rubble. Right? Because I was low sleep, low peace, and that was the domino. So I finally got it turned off, but in the midst of it, I banged up a knuckle, I was bleeding, you know, all those kinds of things. We get to my in-laws, and they're so gracious to us. I mean, it was comfort food for four days straight. And it was awesome. And our dog was so great for three and a half days. And on the fourth day, he was like, I'm done with this. My in-laws have about an acre of, like probably half an acre fenced in, and he just loved it. Cold didn't bother him anyways. So he ran out, and he's just running around, and he, if he hears something, he's going to respond to it. That dog barks like nobody's business. And so here are me and Chelsea on half an acre. It's 20 degrees outside, and it's 9.30 at night next to my in-laws' neighbors, and he is losing his mind, just having a great time, barking it up. And it took us an hour to get him inside. And if I didn't want to put that dog up for adoption, that's not true. Still loved him, just was very disappointed. But again, it was one of those moments that here's the dog barking. And all the peace that I had gained was gone. Something very simple. And what I've seen now is with time, my level of anxiety, my level of frustration, my level of anger, my level of fear was all so high when it didn't need to be. When I look back at the start of the pandemic, there were things we needed to be aware of. There were things we needed to learn. There were things all of us as, as you know, a country needed to just kind of figure out what does a pandemic mean? How does that look? We as a church needed to figure that out. But I'll tell you what, my late nights were looking and going, we're going to do everything we can right, and people are just going to be gone. But you know what God's proven me wrong as we come back? You know, we had a rain Sunday here. We have people starting their summer vacations. We have proms and things like that going on. But people have stayed connected to church. Why? Because it's not about me. It's not about even what we do. It's about saying we do the best we can because the Lord's leading us forward. When I look back at the winter storm and think about if, you know, literally in my head, the house is going to fall down and fall apart. Just, I was tired, I was hungry, and I was anxious ridden. And my peace was just gone. Peace for us is about being in a place where we trust the Lord, even when it doesn't make sense. That's that peace that passes understanding. 
And it starts in what we read in Romans 5. Paul writes, and he says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is our foundation of peace. That is our identity of peace. That when we were a people who did not deserve the peace of God, who deserved the justice of God, we are justified through Christ and given peace. And you'll notice as Paul continues in that chapter, he will say, listen, this isn't easy, because he says, listen, we rejoice in suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. The peace of God is not a fast pass. The peace of God is not looking and going, oh, now it's smooth sailing forever. The peace of God is that in the storm, we don't have to fear. In the midst of it all, we have an anchor. Even as the world goes insane, our foundation is at just the right time Christ died for the ungodly. That our peace does not negate anxiety, it does not negate fear, it does not negate hard times. Instead, it says, in the midst of these things, God is there. And in fact, suffering will produce character, character will produce hope, and hope will not put us to shame. John 16, Jesus looks at his disciples, and in this world, the English Standard Version here says tribulation. I learned it in the NIV, which is trouble. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I shared with our Bible study this week as we've been walking through um, the uh, armor of God and, and how God equips us for the daily battles ahead of us. Um, I had a close friend in college, a roommate. His name was Isaac. And Isaac was just one of the greatest human beings around. And, um, you know, when we would get down one or the other, we would come at each other with this verse. And only the way I can explain is like to like Bible college like young men do, which is we just screamed it at each other. <laughs> One person would start it and just like grab the other person by the shirt and drag them in until, you know, you're nose to nose and just, in this world you will have trouble. And then the other person, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And that was our kind of cadence back and forth. But that's the promise of God. When we ask, what is peace? I don't know if we can fully identify it. Scripture in the Old Testament uses the word shalom. And shalom is an idea of completeness. That as things are completed, we find peace. And that takes us back to the fall. That peace was lost as sin entered the world. So the idea of shalom and completeness is that as God redeems, He is rebuilding the completeness of creation. Peace is not some far-off idea. It is a physical thing we experience. So that's when we talk about peace being something that is shared between us. 
It is this idea of completeness, that if God has completed our relationship to him, then we go out in the world with shalom to take his peace to the world. That as we encounter things that give us fear and anxiety and struggle, we don't react. Instead, we look and say, I have peace in the Lord. And we act out of peace instead of those other things. Now, don't get me wrong. Why can't I look back at this past year and find peace? Because I'm looking back on it, right? Look at Joseph in the Old Testament. He has a lot of things go wrong until they finally kind of start going right. And even towards the end when his brothers who betrayed him are afraid because their father dies and they think now he's going to kill us because he's a man with power, he looks at them and he says, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. But he can only see it because he looks back and sees it. For us, peace has this weird time loop in it that says sometimes the only way we can learn peace is by going through a struggle and handling it badly and then remembering that our peace comes from Christ. So that the next time we encounter that situation, we can live in peace and not fear and not anxiety. Because I guarantee there will be those things that will come up that will bring fear and anxiety. And we're not always going to act in peace. But what is peace? What is that shalom? It is that Christ would die for us. Foundationally, peace is not something we create. It's something we walk into and then take where we go. That peace can walk into the darkest places in our lives when all we're feeling are things but peace and start to transform us. The psalmist writes here in our verse this morning, and he says, You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. And I love that. Basically, you've put more joy in my heart than when I had a great party. Right? Like, you have put more joy in my heart than when we sat around the table we shared delicious food. We drank delicious wine. I have more joy. You've given that to me, Lord. And then he finishes it like this. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. If you've ever lost sleep to fear or anxiety, which I'll tell you what, this past year I had a few of those nights. The peace of the Lord is a place that brings us back around. Because something that would have caused me to lose sleep about two months ago, a giant rainstorm on Saturday night at four in the morning, going, what are we going to do for church tomorrow? Everything's going to fall apart. And I woke up in the middle of it today. So I guess technically it's, you know, early, early Sunday morning. And I thought, dang it, Lord, when I preach things, I don't need to go through them first. I'm just here to talk about them. But I'll tell you what, what I've learned from the past year. I made a lot of mistakes when it came to peace. So I said, okay, Lord, here we go. Give us enough time to meet together. Bless 
the people who come, bless those who are on the live stream. That wherever we are in between, this Sunday is not going to ruin who we are as a church. This is not going to change what we believe. This is not going to change where you call us. And let that live in my heart. And if I did not fall back asleep happy, which was weird, right? I should be like angsty and like awake and not falling back asleep. But here I was that I had read this, that I had found this verse. Like we read this Psalm, not because there was some deep study, but because there's now a website where you can type in a theme you want to find a Bible verse on. And I scrolled down and thought, I like that one. And then I read the whole Psalm and I said, I like that Psalm. This was not overly spiritual, but you know what the Spirit did? He said, guess what? Here you go. And so here came the Scripture alive for me at 4.30 as the clouds opened up and I could say, Lord, take my fear, take my anxiety, and give me peace. That in this world there's going to be rain, there's going to be storms, there's going to be pandemics, There's going to be struggles that are unbelievable and there are going to be times where you stub your toe and cry out, why me, O Lord? But give us peace in all of that in between. To return over and over again to say, I do not have to fear God because that is taken care of. I do not have to fear the rain. I don't have to fear the pandemic. I don't have to fear... All of those things. I don't have to let it live for me in anxiety because of the Lord. Now, what this doesn't take away from is being smart, being wise, saying, how do we handle those things in wisdom? Because what you could take and do is say, well, I have the peace of the Lord. I don't have to worry about anything. Well, the Lord calls us to be wise in our dealings. He calls us to to live lives that reflect Him. So it's not saying... I will never be fearful or have anxiety, but it says when I experience those things, I take them to the Lord. When I run into those things, I look for the well of peace that's given to me that lives outside of me. Because I'd love to stand up here and tell you from here on out, my life is going to be full of peace and not anxiety. That's not true. There are going to be the days where the anxiety, the fear, the frustration takes over. And I will live without peace. But my prayer is that when I recognize what's happened, when I have the space, I repent and I come back and I say, Lord, I need your peace, not my peace, not something I'm trying to build, but a peace that comes from you. A shalom, a completeness. That when I deal, when I I live in that completeness in you, that will affect how the world looks. That then I can take that completeness out to my neighbors. Over the next three weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to break that down. We're going to talk about how peace looks, how we return to peace, how we share peace, how we live in peace. And my prayer is that the things that you are finding fear and anxiety and frustration in, that if you need to repent of them, do that. If you need more peace in them, turn to the Lord. Because He is good, and He will keep bringing us back to Him. Let's pray. Lord, You know the things 
where our peace is stolen. You know the places where we turn to fear and anxiety instead of to you. May we repent of those times. But Lord, let let those feelings not be ones that we seek to dismiss, but instead be warning signs of saying, I need to return to the Lord, that we will feel fear, we will feel anxiety, we will feel frustration. But we turn to you instead of inward on ourselves. Let us experience that completeness, that shalom, that peace. And may we share it with others. Amen. Thank you.